0: Good. Well good morning everybody. Um, This morning I'd just like to uh, share some thoughts with you and last week we began to look at uh, Luke and I've given you the title for this little series it's called The Miracle uh, of Christmas and last week we looked at uh, the moment of when. And I hopefully, I said, when I look back at Luke chapter 1, we said that Luke gives us an orderly account of this amazing event. And this morning, I'd like us to have a look at the message and my response. So to give you a bit of a scenario, um, hopefully you all know what a triptych is. What's a triptych? Three of something. Well, this morning... I couldn't think of a word that describes four scenes and four characters. Maybe you can tell me afterwards, and even four responses. So what a group of four pictures are for you, I don't know. But I just thought this morning we'd just have a look at, briefly, um, four messages, four responses, and four characters. And I want us to have a look, if I can, please, at the innkeeper. Uh, But before I do, I just wanted to read... um, This verse from Psalm 19 and verse 14, and it says, "May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer." Just put this down a little bit, just so. Right. Um, When I was looking at these uh, Bible verses this week. I must just stress that these are my thoughts this morning. And I want to just uh, have a look, if we can, at this miraculous event written by Dr. Luke. And it says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her, the firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And As I was thinking about this, I asked myself the question, who was involved in this story? And quite clearly, it is Mary and Joseph. And we have here Luke, who records them as being they. Now, I don't want to shatter anybody's sort of thoughts here for the moment about the nativity, but I don't see in Luke's account any animals. I don't see the shepherds and the kings all there at once. All I see are Mary and Joseph on their own. And they place him in a manger, more than likely a trough, more than likely they found somewhere outside of Bethlehem because there was no room in the inn. Because there was no room in the inn. Here's a question for you. Was there an innkeeper? All the nativities' stories, I'm sure, have the innkeeper, don't they? And they all have him saying, there was no room, or there is no room. Now, I don't know about you, but I love going to nativities. Now, a little bit of me would sneakily say, I just wonder if one day that innkeeper will say, yeah, come on in, yeah? And then shatter everybody's, oh, no! And of course, if you were a parent of an innkeeper, you'd be going, oh, really? Come on. But I just wondered, why has actually Luke written it this way? Because there was no room for them in the inn. We know that Mary and Joseph, they travelled to Bethlehem. And the question I've got for you is, and scholars have asked the question, well, where did it take place? Is there a specific place that we can pinpoint? I'd like to suggest maybe there isn't a specific place that we can pinpoint the actual place and the birth of Jesus Christ our Lord. However, because there was no room for them in the inn, Mary and Joseph had to find somewhere. Some people put forward the idea that it could well have been a cave. Some people actually say that um, it was a very large house and that they were in on the ground floor. And I discovered this week, there's another commentator who has actually said that it could well have been in a courtyard. Could have been in a courtyard. It could have been associated with a courtyard. And I can remember reading a verse just this week, and it's from Matthew chapter 8 and verse 20, and Jesus later on in his life says, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Even at his birth, there was a place of austerity. There was a place of poverty. Possibly even rejection. Thinking about Joseph there with his pregnant wife. Together, being in Bethlehem in that (laughs) lonely place. And quite possibly being very fearful. But Luke just records for us in a doctor's way, I think. There's no religious big language there. There's just a description, quite plainly and simply. Luke writes over a thousand verses. And of those thousand verses, only seven are attributed to the birth of Jesus. There was no room for them in the inn. So... There is no innkeeper. Interesting question for you to think about. But do I have time or a place for me and Jesus this Christmas time? We're all busy, and we know we are. And I'm just not thinking of this Christmas time, but I'm thinking of all our lives. Are there places where we say we are so busy that we just leave Jesus and God out of things? Do we begin our day by saying, Lord, thank you for this day, Or do we reach for our iPad? Or do we reach for that message first thing in the morning? What is our waking thought? Now we come to the Christmas uh, miracle. We come to something called the angels. Now we've left, if you like, Mary and Joseph. We've seen them uh, have their baby. And now it's very different. We've now got the angel of the Lord. And I think it's lovely to feel that there's just one person speaking this to begin with, not just everybody, because then comes the whole host of angels. And the language changes for Luke. And I think here, if I could say to you this morning, that the angels got the news first. And they shared it with the shepherds who are out in the fields. And they used this lovely language. He's good news. He's the saviour. He's the Messiah, he's the Christ, he is the Lord. All the names given and there are more names given to Jesus but they were given to him at his birth. There's a sense of drama now and it moves on to these beautiful words, glory to God in the highest and on earth and on peace to those on whom his favour rests. But just think about it for a moment. If you or I were in the complete darkness, if we were shepherds out in the fields and we were on our own and we were looking after our flocks, wouldn't you be afraid? Wouldn't you? I think I would be. And as I, so I was thinking about this, the meditations that I've been having this week, and just trying to enter into this story again. And I haven't found this in the commentary, but it's just my musings, if that makes sense. It's my meditations. As this light shone on the fields in Bethlehem, could those shepherds have seen Bethlehem in the distance? Did they get a glimpse of where to go? That's my question. Did those first shepherds who heard that news... And I want to just think about a little bit about this idea of light... We hear about this light shone around them. But then it changes. When the angels had left them and gone, darkness came back again. And so they needed faith to believe in God and to share that news. But going back to the angels, they get the news first and they praise God. The question I've got for you this morning is, not just at this Christmas time, but where do I praise God? I was going to say in the bath, I have to be careful about that one. But where do we praise God? Do we give thanks for God everywhere and always? Where are those secret places that you praise God? Is it in the office? Are there moments where you can just take a bit of time in that day and just say, Lord, thank you. There are always markers in all our lives. I think just sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question, where can we praise God? The news is that we can praise God everywhere and anywhere at any time. So now we come on to this whole idea of the shepherds. Now what about a shepherd? What's a shepherd's job? Well, he was a hired hand, we know. And the shepherds uh, had the responsibility of looking after the sheep for the owner. We also know that the shepherds were despised, but also the shepherds in Bethlehem, they had uh, to look after these lambs and these sheep for the ceremonial sacrifices in Jerusalem. We also know from rabbinic law that the shepherds, in actual fact, um, were unable to go to court and actually to testify because uh, they were unreliable and that was due to rabbinic law. But I said to you earlier on that these shepherds got the story, and I just love what um, Luke says here. When the angels had gone, they had left them and they went into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, just imagine that God has spoken to them in the light, they've heard his voice, they've heard this good news, and they said to one another in the, in the darkness. And I love the way that says Luke says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph. I wonder when you get the news of something really exciting, how excited at one to 10 do you get? I can remember uh, the birth of our first child and I was that excited, that excited, that I wanted to phone Diane's mum up, who was staying at home. And in the olden days, we had phones. And we actually phoned through. Ring, 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 no answer. So I said to Diane, I've got to tell someone. You know, this is like, almost like midnight, and it was going crazy. And Diane said to me, in her inevitable fashion, well, just go, you know. So I went, I knocked on the door, I said, Mrs. Keys, you know, because obviously I'd left my keys back at you know, the hospital. That's another story for another day. But it was frustrating, and when I saw her eventually, I said, you wouldn't believe it, we've got a son, and we're going to call him David. Yeah! And all the tears go oh. so, down. But it was brilliant news. But here, we've got the shepherds who've got the biggest news out. That Jesus Christ is born in Bethlehem and they hurried so these were the first messengers of like of the gospel so they got the news and they went right and they went so here's a question for us in a response who will I share the good news with how big has that news got to be as I was beginning to think about the message for today, I was thinking about 2 Corinthians chapter five and verse seven. And if you want a memory verse, I think it just struck me again um, for me. 2 Corinthians five verse seven says, "We live by faith, not by sight. Am I a shepherd? Am I someone who has heard that good news, and I'm traveling on the way? Who will I share that good news with? The shepherds needed faith to go from the fields to Bethlehem. Remember, the glory of God went back up into heaven. I think that's a lovely thought for us this morning. And here we come finally. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I don't think that Mary was alone. I believe that God was with her. And there's a psalm that some of you may well know. It's Psalm 46. And it says, be still and know that I am God. And Spurgeon says of this Psalm 46, it's called the Holy Confidence Psalm. So what's gonna give us confidence in these days? Will we be like Mary, who will treasure up this miraculous event told in a very ordinary way? Do I realise that Jesus is the miracle? And I want to just leave you finally with this thought and reading out Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. And it says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. The message of this Christmas time, and it's a 24 7, 365 day message for all of us, it's not just for Christmas. It is that Jesus Christ stands at the door. Going back to where I started from and thinking about Luke's account of the innkeeper. Is Jesus knocking on your door? Is he wanting to come in? Will we accept him as our Lord and our Saviour at this Christmas time? He is the one who said, I am the good shepherd. You can trust me. He is the one who went to the cross to save us from all our sins and everything that we have done in the past and today could be your salvation day by seeing Jesus Christ who is the Christmas miracle. What's our response? Are we going to be like that innkeeper? Are we going to say no? Are we going to be like the shepherds who will carry that good news? Will we be like the angels and praise him all the time? And will I come to a realization that Jesus is the miracle? Let us pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for this Christmas time. We thank you for the miracle that has been explained by Luke, that it's an ordinary story, but Lord, it's an amazing story to hear again. Because, Lord, we can enter into this Christmas time. We thank you for the fun that we have. We thank you for the decorations. We thank you for our friends. We thank you for our families. Lord, we thank you for all the news that we've heard at this Christmas time. But, Lord, the most important news that we could all hear is that Jesus Christ has become my Lord and my Saviour. Father, help us to invite you into our lives at this Christmas time. As we share this Christmas story, this miracle, this ordinary event that you worked out to be something beautiful and wonderful, not only just to change us, but to change the world. Lord, help us to be like the shepherds, to bring good news. Lord, help us at this Christmas time to be excited, to be so thankful for all that you've done. And we thank you, Lord, that you said, I am the good shepherd, and I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we rejoice in that this morning. Amen. Amen. (laughs) We're going to draw around the communion table uh, this morning. And what we're going to be singing is, Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice. It's time to sing.